Music. Entertainment. Forces Life. The Forces Station. This is Team Talk. Hello and welcome to Team Talk, the show that's all about Forces families. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jill. And we're dedicating the next 30 minutes to Forces Life. Coming up, we hear another family tie with Louise from Little Troopers. This time, we're heading to RAF Bryce Norton. This week's little victory comes from all the key worker children from early years Episcopi in Cyprus, who are managing to stay so positive about still coming into a very different school. And finally, we hear from WO1 Glenn Horton OBE. He's today's special guest and will speak from experience about his long, very successful career in the army, which started back when he was a teenager. If you're from a forces family, you've come to the right place. Team Talk is the show that's all about you. We like to kick off the show by having some family time. Before the lockdown started, Louise and Charlie visited Claire to learn about her military story. BFBS. Team Talk. This is my station. This is the Forces Station. For those of you that haven't heard me before, my name is Louise. I'm the founder of the military charity Little Troopers. We make sure that we recognise our military children. So today we're in RAF Bryce Norton, really excited to be sat with Claire, who's here to tell us about her military family story. Claire, welcome to the show. Your family life, military family life, how did that start? Um, it started back in 2007 when I met my husband. I was married um, 2007 and then we were posted down to RF Benson um, in Oxfordshire and we were there. Um, it was a bit of a completely random thing. I've never been really lived anywhere near a any military sites before so when I pitched up there and there was people with guns it was a real culture shock. Talk me through getting used to military life. My daughter was about eight at the time and I can remember trying to sort of see it through her eyes as she kind of came through the gate and she, her eyes were so wide looking around at all these men in uniform and all these people with guns and it was really tough for her because she'd never been anything in, in that kind of environment before nor had I so I had to kind of blag it a little bit pretend I was absolutely fine with it well my, actually I was worse than her because my eyes were just as wide as what hers were. It was really. totally new for you. Totally new for us yeah totally new for us. Back then there was a, a kind of a you went to a, you know, a new site and people kind of didn't speak to you for quite a long time. So, and I was finding that quite difficult because I was working in the NHS in Bradford and everybody talks to you in Bradford, doesn't matter what you are. Get to RF Benderson and everybody was kind of like not really very chatty and that was quite hard for me, I must admit, because I'm quite an open person. Um, but there was just so much to learn, I think, so much to remember taking your pass when you went out and remembering to show it on the gate and... You know, totally new life there was no you. kind of little um, guides for us, like, oh, here, you know, here's a two-page guide on what you should and shouldn't do as a new military spouse. It was kind of, you get thrown in the deep end and that was it. You, you swim. You sink or you swim. And you swam? Uh, I kind of did. I floundered quite a lot, but I must have blagged it enough so that people thought, you know, she's doing all right. So. But in the early days, it, it wasn't very easy for you, was it? No, I found it very, I found it very challenging. Um, at that time, I had been quite poorly. I had, um, had a kind of a stroke-like episode. Um, at the time, which was diagnosed as lupus, um, it later pans out to be something completely different. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot going on. And how did you overcome that? So, obviously, it's, you, you've had a, a newer diagnosis now. Yep. Um, and your mobility isn't as good as probably what you would hope for. No, no, that's right. Um, so, I, when I first came here, um, I was pregnant with my son, um, just very, very early. And 
the hormones of pregnancy, I seemed to be doing quite well. As I had Alfie, then things deteriorated very frankly as soon as he was born, really. Um, so my mobility kind of just deteriorated very quickly. Um, I became practically wheelchair-bound within about six months of his birth. Um, so it was tough. It was really tough. I met by then um, lots of other people. Anne had joined Facebook and a lot met loads of people on Facebook groups and they'd all kind of said, oh, speak to this person. Or, military you know, actually, Facebook Military groups. Facebook groups of ladies who are in this sort of similar position, really. And you found them as a great support, I did. haven't you? I really did, yeah. And I've met loads of kind of friends um, that I've been friends with for all these years, you know, nearly 13 years now that I've, I've been involved in in this kind of situation of that is the military. So, so you um, were in a new place, yep. new community, yep. um, and then you, you got ill. So there was that a was lot it. going on. There was. There was a lot going on. Um, and it was a very... It's one of those kind of illnesses where it was... The symptoms kind of overlap lots of different illnesses. So there was lots of people involved, but no one seemed to really know what was actually classically wrong with me. So um, that's when we um, paid to see a private doctor in London um, who did lots of other different types of testing and then said, well, actually, do you have you ever had, you know, a tick bite? I said, well, no, I haven't, but I do remember having a bullseye rash on my arm when I was about 13. Um, and he said, you know, I said it was just there, pointed to it, showed it to, you know, what it was like at the time. Um, and he said, right, I think we should test you, test you for, for Lyme's disease. And it came back very strongly positive. Um, so then that was it. So I was I was told by my consultant at the time, you know, you mustn't expect to get any better than you are now but we're hoping you won't get any worse and that is pure stoicism I think on my part that I refuse to get any worse than what I am now so it's kind of key going really. So new to military life having you know limited mobility or or limiting mobility and then add to that you've got a child with additional needs as well I mean military life sometimes can be a challenge (laughs) in itself but adding all those extra factors. I actually think that military life teaches people to be very very resilient I've learned to be more and more resilient as I've got older and Alfie's I suppose looking back at Alfie bless him we should have been perhaps done more sought more help when we could but he just was one of those kids that was just different how's the support been for your son then um it's been very I think our story is probably no different than anybody else's um this Child and adolescent mental health services are oversubscribed and under underfunded. The support isn't really there. You know, you unfortunately you look at waiting lists of two years is nothing. Um, the schools again, there's not enough funding in these. There's an awful lot of children. So, have you found it with the move? Sometimes, if you are applying for support or applying for yeah. additional help that you're almost having to start again. You do. And this is a common theme for all service families with a special additional need, child or, or, or family member. Although things have improved over the years, you know, they are, they're not brilliant. And this is where these families are put into such positions where they their mental health, the, the, the adult's mental health suffers because they're under such awful sort of anxiety, really, to cope with all of this. And have you found the Armed Forces Covenant any assistance to that? Yeah, I mean, as things are going on and improving day after day, more and more people are signing up for it. There's more and more information getting out there. But knowing that that's there, is that a relief? It is. It is a bit. It is a relief now because at least we know that if we move somewhere, we're not going to be treated um, any differently. I think there's room for improvement, if I'm really honest. And I think we're going in the right direction. 
And at the moment, you're on a, a career break. Yes. And um, you also run a really, really lovely small business, aromatherapy business. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I've seen you on Instagram. <laughs> I've seen I've seen your little um, helpers. Little helpers, Did yeah. That, was that born from your son's so, anxieties? Yeah, so I used essential oils um, with Alfie all the time to try and help his anxiety. Um, and as he got older, he didn't want the other kids to smell it on him. So we had to kind of think of another way to disguise it but so what we do is we pop it in wax we pop it in a tin um and then he gets it in his pocket so when he begins to feel he's getting really anxious he gets his tin out he has two or three really good deep breaths and you've been kind enough to bring some of those tools oh, into the studio in, yes. so i have a, a tin here which it smells amazing <laughs> but this is i mean this is twofold really because not only you have found a way to support your son with his additional needs yeah. and his anxiety mm-hmm. But it's also giving you another purpose as well. While you're on that career break, you have created this, not only to support him and, and support others, but it, it's giving you something to focus on as well. It has, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then it's just kind of escalated from there and now it's rolling. It's amazing to speak to you, Claire. Thank you. Um, we like to end our family time sessions with three short and snappy questions. <laughs> the first question is, what would be your favourite posting that you've been on? Actually Benson, I think, probably. If I'm going to be boring, because I've had such a ball here with all my animals and the business and all the people, amazing people that I've met. Not boring no, at all. No, Not okay, boring thank at all. you, thank you. <laughs> Second question for you. If you could give just one piece of advice to another Forces family, which bit of advice would you choose? Get as much help as you can, do as much research as you can and make as many friends as you can. And finally, what is your favourite memory of your military journey so far? The family's days that we go to and the people that we meet and all the things that we are very blessed to see. Claire, thank you very much for coming in and sharing your story with us and being a part of family time. Thank you. The Forces Station. Hello, my name is Muse. I'm 13 years old and live in Canada with my parents and brother. If you ever find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, my favourite song is Count on Me by Bruno Mars. I used to sing this song with my granddad when we FaceTimed. He was my best friend and was always there for me. It reminds me that whatever we are in the world, our family and friends are always there for us. Listen to the words, you'll see what I mean. Find out what we're made of When we are called to help our friends in need You can count on me Like one, two, three I'll be there And I know when I need it I can count on you Like four, three, two And you'll be there that's what friends are supposed to do, oh yeah Ooh, 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 yeah, yeah If you're tossing and you're turning and you just can't fall asleep I'll sing a song beside you And if you ever forget how much you really mean to me Every day I will remind you, oh, find out what we're made of, when we are called to help our friends in need, you can count on me, like one, two, three, I'll be there, and I 
Station. 13-year-old Muse from Canada sharing her song that serves me, Count on Me by Bruno Mars. A firm favourite in our house. My girls absolutely love that one. And you couldn't be more right, Muse. The lyrics in that song really do help you to remember that wherever you are in the world, your friends and family are always there. We just have to remember that at the moment, don't we? And hope it won't be too much longer until we can have all the hugs and proper parties that we really want. In family time, Claire told us about the condition which affects her mobility. And it may be that you or a member of your family has an illness or a disability, which makes day-to-day life more challenging. I had a chat on Skype with someone in the know about the support available within the forces community. WO2 Jill Charlton is a senior army welfare worker for the Army Welfare Service and a member of the Armed Forces Candid Network. While a job in the military can be demanding, the needs of the whole family are still important. There are certain commitments and time that are needed to spend away from home. But actually, if there are significant personal circumstances, then adaptations to properties, assignments nearer to supportive networks can be considered. For any spouse that does feel that they require additional support and maybe aren't sure who they should contact, then engaging with your service person's chain of command and especially the welfare point of contact should be your first point of call and if you've got any concerns surrounding whether that would be confidential then it will be and it's a non-judgmental process people are out there and there's a lot of support in place that's waiting for people to access it. The Candid Network was launched last year and aims to connect those serving veterans and family members if they're living with a life-changing or life-limiting condition, impairment or disability. Jill says it's useful for reaching out to other forces families who face similar challenges. The introduction of the Candid Network is really important because it gives people the opportunity to work out how some other people have developed that resilience and how they manage their personal circumstances in what can sometimes seem like a very, very difficult and quite frightening time, actually, if you are managing something health-related that's out of the ordinary and that is really scary and you don't know who to talk to. The Candid Network is a network of people that you can talk to, that you can reach out to, where there is no judgment and, you know, there's a positive support network out there for people. As well as professional support, you may find a personal connection is more what you need. And that could be as simple as getting to know your neighbours, making friends and being honest about when you may need to call on them. We're supported to live as communities. We're encouraged to engage with one another. There's often a real sense of belonging when you're living in military accommodation or service families accommodation. The recent limitations and home working and things like that that have been implemented due to the COVID crisis has I think also really brought home a sense of community and people have started talking to each other who wouldn't have necessarily communicated before and have been stepping in and supporting each other and getting shopping for each other and you know and and being that sort of lifeline for people during times of isolation and that's always been there it's just come to the fore a lot more recently. People have been proactive in offering support to people and identifying those vulnerable neighbours or vulnerable people within the community. But the other shift, I feel, is that there is now an acceptance that it's okay to ask for help. 
we've been forced into situations with COVID where people have been isolated and housebound for two, three, maybe even 12 weeks at a time. And where they might have had a reluctance to ask for help in the past, they've had to do it. And it's not such a bad thing. And there are people within the community who are willing to help. And actually, a lot of people have had a positive experience of that and hopefully will go forward and will continue to build on those relationships that they've established. BFBS, the forces station. This is Team Talk. Jill Charlton from the Army Welfare Service. And you can find the Armed Forces Candid Network on Twitter and Facebook. Plus, there's also loads of resources to help families, young people and children through all the challenges that come with military life. Head to littletroopers.net. It's that time of the show again where we get a blast of positivity and celebrate the achievements of our forces, children and young people. With much of the military world in lockdown, parents and children have been getting to grips with home learning. Oh, I don't know about you, but I've had enough of it now. In British Forces Cyprus, some of the MOD schools on the island have been welcoming the children of key workers and those in more vulnerable situations. Anthony Ballard has been visiting early years in Episcopi. I'm really enjoying this chocolate. <laughs> Have you been making it as part of school? Yeah, we just did it for a treat, I think. And is learning at school now more fun than it was before? Yes. Hi, what's your name? My name is Elise. And what have you been doing today? We've been doing our normal schoolwork and we've played outside, but then we've made some chocolate cake. How different is this from you normally coming to school? fun and we get to be creative. Hi, I'm Ash. I am the Deputy Manager and Room Leader for Poppies at Episcopi Early Years. We are currently open supporting the key worker children. We're open across three rooms supporting FS1, FS2 children up to Year 6. Lots of fun activities to do. We support their remote learning, but they also come in and they do learning through food, junk modelling. And as well as that, we also send out nearly 100 packs home that gets picked up every Monday from our existing parents. And how many people are involved with the teaching? There is lots of us involved with the teaching, a lot of staff from Episcopi Early Years, as well as the LSAs from the primary school and the LSAs from St John's High School, as well as teachers. Everyone's been putting their own little bit of input in, whether it's that they send pictures to the room leaders to support the home learning, or that they come in and support the children doing their online remote learning that gets sent home. So what's your name? Susanna. And what are you doing? Uh, my grammar. Are you enjoying being at school like this? Uh, yeah, it's fun because you get lots of breaks in your hair with your friends. Not as many people as normal, right? No, because normally I have like 21 people in my class, but here I've got about five. But that's okay because in my old school I used to have five people in my class. Where was that? The Falklands. I'm Becky Ross, I'm assistant head teacher at Fiskby Primary School. I've been dropping on the children to see how they're doing, amazed by the outcomes of the work they've done. Unlike other children who might be getting up a bit later, they're here at 8 o'clock in the morning and they're working really, really hard and the quality of work has been amazing. We're so grateful to the volunteers who are here supporting the children with the work as well and also the team at the LEA Centre. What kind of work are they doing? Well, they have a busy time to start with on the English and maths, like the rest of the class will be having at home as well. And they've got access to all the resources they would need. They've got iPads, they've got Surface Pros they can use to support the learning. And then they get a chance to play outside, which is really exciting for them. And there's loads of other activities, craft activities, cooking, and anything else that they're interested in doing. My name's Lila. It's different because you're not with, like, everybody in your class, and there's only a small amount. Are you having fun? Yes. What's the best bit? 
You get to go outside and like play with your friends and it's just sometimes really easy to do some of the lessons. I've been told you have to say something nice about the teachers. What about them? They're nice. Hello, my name is Harry. I am 11 years old and I live in Canada. My teen talk song is Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. I first heard this song after an ice hockey game in Canada. I love this song because me and my mom always sing it together. It's catchy and it makes me happy. Team Talk. Harry from Canada picking his song that serves me, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. And of course, a massive Team Talk shout out to everyone at Early Years Episcopi. All of those children and young people sound like they're just coping so well with their new school environment and lockdown measures. Well done to them for staying so positive. And thanks to their key worker parents for continuing to work and the teachers and volunteers who are looking after their children. You guys are all doing a great job. Each week here on Team Talk, we catch up with someone who can speak from experience about what it's like being part of a Forces family. Our guest this week started out his army career as a teenager. He's come a long way. WO1 Glenn Horton is now the Senior Enlisted Advisor to the Chiefs of Staff Committee and the Armed Forces Mental Health and Wellbeing Champion. He was awarded the Meritorious Service Medal for Distinguished Service in 2014 and picked up an OBE in the New Year's Honours list in 2018. Not bad for a lad who didn't really work hard enough at school. Jill caught up with Glenn over Skype while he was working from home during the lockdown and he told her how his military journey began. When I was growing up, when I was about 10 years old, the Falklands War was ongoing. I watched a lot of that on the news and I used to collect magazines like young boys used to then, uh, Combat and Survival and all these other sort of things that you get. And I just had a, a real interest in the outdoors and um, I've been involved in Cubs and Scouts and Cadets and it was just something that interested me. The military was something that kind of excited me and when I saw all these paratroopers and Royal Marines and Guardsmen and that on TV fighting in the Falklands War, it was something that I always wanted to do. You were pretty young then when you left home to do your basic training. How did that all go? When I went for my selection process, which was at Sutton Coalfield then, up near Birmingham Way, that was the first time I'd been on a train. And it was pretty daunting going up there and, uh, you know, joining this organisation I knew very little about as a 15-year-old kid. I mean, it was a whirlwind of a year. It really was. And things were much different 32 years ago when I joined to what they are now. But I was certainly kept on my toes and it really was a tough experience. I've got very vivid memories from it. I've got very fond memories. I've also got some awful memories and, uh, you know, some real great leaders. And I also met some terrible ones as well. So you kind of learn from 
from good and bad experiences, I guess. And I all of a sudden lived in this 30-man room with other people from all around the country. You soon uh, meet some characters that have had a much worse upbringing than you have. Uh, and I soon realised that I really wasn't as resilient as some and I hadn't been through as much as uh, some other people had. So I quickly learned some life skills from other people. And the training itself also toughened me up, which was necessary because I needed it. And it took me a good while to, to settle in. And even by the time I you know, passed out of training, I certainly wasn't the strongest in my platoon, that's for a fact. And when you're that young, you've got a long way to go. Um, the same as youngsters that join nowadays, your body's still developing, uh, your mind's still developing, you've still got a lot to learn. So, I mean, it changed me exponentially over a year and kind of set me up for the, the following 31 years to come. So how do you think things have changed 30 years on? If somebody's joining up now and going through that training? The culture has changed massively. I mean, just to give you an example, when I joined the army, it was still illegal to be gay. I mean, um, so much has changed for the better. And what we tend to do in society is we always focus on the negative stuff. But, you know, if you think about it, the armed forces, there is so much positive and so much good change has come over the 32 years that I've been in. And the way we look after people, the quality of training, the quality of leadership is just fantastic. And to see youngsters joining now uh, that may have had, um, in some cases, not particularly good upbringings to come into the the family that is the military now um, and what they've got ahead of them, I think is absolutely brilliant. Some of the issues that you're able to now make an impact on and make a difference on, including inclusion, diversity, bullying, you must have come across some of those things perhaps not working so well earlier on in your career. Most definitely. I was bullied physically quite horrendously, actually, in the early part of my career. And uh, because of the way that I was bullied, I always made a vow that I would never do the same to another human being. Uh, don't get me wrong, uh, I'm no saint and perhaps I may have um, acted or spoken in ways that I shouldn't have done to people through my career, but I've certainly never laid a hand on anybody. Bullying's a real, something that's close to me and something that I've tried to drive down and drive out. And it's different nowadays because it's not just about physical bullying, there's you know cyber and mental stuff as well. So it's just something we need to be aware of, but it's changed so much now. And that sort of stuff that went on when I joined just isn't going on at the levels that it was then, which I'm really pleased about. And now, you know, the diversity and inclusivity now is just unbelievable. And I, I honestly believe that the armed forces are um, one of the leading organisations in that kind of stuff. And I'm really proud to be a part of it in the role that I'm in now to drive it onwards. Do you think young people now who are noticing the armed forces getting involved here in the UK in the COVID-19 response, do you think seeing that may make them think, hang on, maybe this is something I do want to be part of? I definitely think so. I mean, to have the, the armed forces doing what they're doing in support of this national crisis is fantastic. And just seeing our, our young service men and women doing what they're doing and the testing centres and all the rest of the stuff involved with COVID, I think is really inspirational and seeing them just, you know, just adapt to this new stuff that they've got to do and and uh, work with other services is great and so for youngsters to be sat at home that have always wondered about a military career to see that sort of stuff I think is great and you know hopefully if we inspire other people to come and join our great services that can only be a good thing and I can guarantee um, to anyone that's maybe listening to this and uh, thinking about joining up that you will have uh, like I have a fantastic uh, career out of any one of the services that you join. Hi everyone, my name is Sienna and I'm six years old and I live in Brunei. They say, oh my God, I see the way you shine. Take your hand, my dear, and bless them both in mine. My favourite song 
is Dance Monkey. And now I beg to see you dance just one more time. So I say, dance for me, dance for me, dance for me, oh oh. I never seen anybody do the things you do before. They say, move for me, move for me, move for me, eh eh. And when you're done, I'll make you do it all again. song because I kind of like the beat. I feel very excited and jolly when I hear this song. Thank you for listening to my song. Bye! BFBS, the forces station. This is Team Talk. Six-year-old Sian there sharing with us her song that serves me and even treating us to a little bit of singing. We loved listening. Thank you, Sian. That's it from us today here on Team Talk. We've heard another great family time with Louise from Little Troopers in RAF Bryce Norton, this time speaking to Claire about the challenges of military life when a parent and child have additional health or support needs. And we heard advice from someone in the know for anyone going through a similar experience. We also celebrated the achievements of all the key worker children at Early Years Episcopi. They're all staying so positive about going to school still during lockdown, despite how different it is to usual. And finally, we heard W01 Glenn Horton, today's special speaking from experienced guest. I wonder if he's inspired any of our younger listeners to consider a career in the military. Join us next week for more of the same or catch up on all the episodes at bfbs.com forward slash podcasts. Team Talk is produced by TBI Media with support from the Audio Content Fund. Until next time, stay safe. Goodbye. Goodbye.